the host of the Agree to Disagree show, joins me today in discussing the state of Canadian politics from the education system, post-Freedom Convoy, to Justin Trudeau, in today's edition of Voter's Eye. I am Ken Drew, and this is Taboo Topic. Keep up to date with the latest content through social media. Type in the search bars of Instagram, Getter, Truth Social, and TikTok, mainly those first three of Instagram, Getter, and Truth Social, Kenjin underscore express, I repeat, Kenjin underscore express, spell the word engine, then put the letter K in front of the word engine, then you get Kenjin, one word, underscore express. You can also follow this show on Facebook just by typing in the search bar of Taboo Topic. Look for the logo that says Honesty Equals Understanding. You can listen to this show on any platform from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, and even Amazon, which, by the way, please don't forget to give this show a rating and review. If it's anything less than a five-star, let me know so I can better serve you. Last but not least, you can find the inspirations for the Wednesday's episodes on my Substack newsletters. Type in the URL at kenjin296.substack.com if you want a visual of the inspiration and you want that script to see what the episode on Wednesday shall be focused on. Share this with your friends and family members because here on this show, show, we dare to think out loud and question the narrative. Free speech triumphs safe space because in order for us to think, we have to risk being offensive. If we want true peace in our society, we have to be able to be honest with each other without judgment. If we can be honest with each other, then we can achieve real peace in our society. Amen. This is a reminder that the Biden administration abandoned nine to 15,000 Americans in Afghanistan. Now, you won't hear about this from the media or any politician for that matter because the global elite have their own agenda that disregards human life and basic human dignity. So, to the families and individuals that have been affected by this abandonment, know that you have not forgotten. Most Americans, like myself, know or your loved ones didn't choose to stay behind. If there's any way I can further help besides bring awareness, reach out at Kenjin underscore express. I repeat, Kenjin underscore express on Instagram. Spell the word engine, put the letter K in front of the word engine, then you get Kenjin, one word, underscore express, if you have, by one in a millionth chance, hear this message. It's not much, but know this, justice will be served for those who lied to justify their competence. After all, I believe in God, who is in control of all things, and he says, vengeance is mine. Now, let's get back to the show. Hello, everyone. I am Ken Drew, the host of Taboo Topic, and I am joined for another edition of Voters Eye, where we come in from the perspective of the concerned citizen, more of an interview format. I am joined by the host of the show, Agree to Disagree show, Luigi. Luigi, how oh, are you, sir? I'm doing great, Ken. How about you? Never better. It's a crazy world we're living in, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. It's, you know what? I don't know. I, I don't know where to start tonight. You know, we were talking off air. I don't know that you probably reached out to me. You're probably thinking, what the hell are those Canadians doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of Americans are also wondering what the heck's going on in Canada. 
And uh, that's really the focus of today's episode is uh, Canadian politics and the update, pretty much like post-Freedom Convo, which happened, it seems so long ago now, but it ha actually happened earlier this year. Yeah. Uh, and so a lot has happened. I mean, you have the situation with uh, the economy, woke politics and education system, and just, just Justin Trudeau in general, the little tyrant. Uh, <laughs> We'll be discussing as far as uh, whether or not you believe he is ignorant or whether or not he actually is that dumb or maybe a little bit of both. Maybe he or like a third option, a little bit of both. And he just loves the power. and He has like a lust for power in general. So I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. I really I've been trying to figure it out for quite a while now. And um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm starting to think that he's just really good at. Um, believing his own lies and truly he actually thinks that maybe everything he does is virtuous and it's for the greater good of canadians i think he truly i think he's starting to believe it and, and and he's so good at evading questions especially in parliament and especially when he's on put on the spot even with with interviewers mm -hmm. uh but what he's done just it's non-stop ken it's it's non-stop um <laughs> non-stop one thing after yeah. the other uh one controversy after the other and and then when once it's done and he moves on to the next thing it's like whatever he did never happened it's like <laughs> he's so good at it like uh, to his credit i have to give the guy some credit he's just amazing <laughs> he really is amazing like a magician like it just disappears it's like <laughs> it, it, like it has no uh, no bearing on the current situation what he's done in the past when it does tremendously uh and, and we'll talk about that now the ramifications and the, the 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 after uh the fallout from the freedom convoy and just everything else and the economy it's just it's it's right now is a total and utter mess well Besides the Canadian politics and let's go ahead and like uh, update my audience. Like, how have you been? How's life? How's your podcast doing too? My uh, well, thanks. Uh, my podcast is doing really well. We're up to uh, seventy-one episodes and going strong. Um, I, I've tried to change it up a little bit. Not not to change it up, but I want to focus a little less on politics and more social issues. Um, mm -hmm. so, uh, for example, we did the last episode was about bullying and what we could do to change, uh, yeah. any modifications we can make in the ed education system in regards to that. Right. Um, next week I'm doing one, I'm going to have an indigenous, um, woman, a Canadian woman on my podcast. So we're going to talk about indigenous issues and how, how horribly, again, the Canadian government has <laughs> failed this, um, this population uh, over the years historically and again they continue to today so that's where i'm leaning towards stuff that really i think for me matters and for me that i that i want to educate myself and and put it out there um and the feedback has been great and and i just enjoy speaking to people that i could learn and that's where i'm going i mean we're always going to talk about the politics obviously because it is about i do this right. in events politics and social issues pop culture but I'm really trying to focus on the the um, social issues right now that affect mm -hmm. that that affect us uh, personally. Yeah. Well, I also saw you take a small hiatus from your show, so I'm assuming that was the time when you try to were figuring out like how to reamp your show. I'm assuming. Uh, 
not really uh well i I was trying to you know i i took the summer off basically and uh it was just to be to spend time with my boys uh both my boys play baseball as you know (laughs) and uh it was really just to uh spend time with them coach them both and it was a beautiful summer i watched them both uh blossom into wonderful baseball players and uh so it was really that it was family time uh my my wife is home because she's a teacher so she's off in summer and it was yeah. just a beautiful summer. It was just uh, family time with 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 her uh, and our boys. Um, so it was six days a week minimum at the park. So it was just beautiful. I loved it. It was just and and you know what? It made me um, just get away from podcasting. And then I started to miss it again. And that's when I get even more <laughs> hungry and even more angry and animated during the <laughs> podcast. Uh, so I think it it does me well. I think it does me well. So. Uh, now there's there's no more breaking now and we're going full steam ahead and um yeah. <laughs> yeah and i could see you as well i mean your podcast you've been doing great you you're starting a new one now uh as well love the intro love what you're doing so cool oh, appreciate you, it yeah appreciate it yeah uh it's fine that you say that like reamping i feel like uh heads up to my audience out there the holiday season is approaching and everything like that i'm actually planning i'm probably taking a break for the holiday season to kind of what you did as far as like spend time with friends and family members and uh and pretty much recharge for the new year and everything like that because when the new year comes in i'll be like you like during that whole break i'll get i'll get recharged and i'll start getting angry again (laughs) about the (laughs) about current events and before you know it I'll, just be able, I'll have more to say, more to offer my show when I do come back. <laughs> I think it's important, Ken. I'll be honest with you. I think it's important. I know that number one rule in podcasting is to just put out content, go, keep going, keep right. going. Uh, but because of the way the format of my show, it's not like I don't pre-record. I don't like pre-recording. So all my, as you know, my shows are live. So um, I right. don't pre-record. So it was literally nothing was nothing was released mm-hmm. this summer. Uh, but you do need that break, um, and and uh, for me, that's for sure. So, um, especially in the world of politics, it's good yeah. to take a step back from the world of politics. Especially like how fast the news travels, it could just be overwhelming. Like how much information you get at once. Whereas, well, while you were growing up, I'm not trying to show your age, but <laughs> while you were growing <laughs> up, you know, the news you had. You, it seemed like you guys had more time to consume the news that we were given at the time versus now. Yeah. And that's why you see a lot more people burnt out by the news or having burnouts in general, I would think. Definitely. I, I, I was there because, you know, I have uh, just on my notes on my iPhone, every time I come across a story that I want to cover, I put it in my notes, in my podcast notes, right? And so I was looking back at it and I'm like, oh my God, this is like, this is so <laughs> like, so old and forget it. I mean, it's, it's moved on. And mm-hmm. but I look at it and it's just, I'm like, Luigi it's all negative. It's all negative. It's all negative. You know, mm-hmm. so it is, it, 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 for me, it does, it weighs, it weighs heavy on me sometimes. So that's why you do need a break just like you, um, because American politics are not any better than Canadian. That's for sure. We all know that. <laughs> <laughs> so <Almost> identical. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we got, listen, before we talk to you, what is, you know, I know we've had this discussion and I'm just curious again, Joe Biden. (laughs) No, but seriously, okay. The guy is maybe a step away from putting a bib on and having to be fed his cereal. I don't understand. Can it's it's really it's. I'm not trying to make fun of him. Honestly, it's it's sad for me. It's sad. Uh I had to see this. 
but it just it just um, emphasizes how far the Democrats are willing to go to literally put anyone in power um, when you you see him and it's it's so it's sad it's depressing you see him in in news conferences and in interviews falling asleep and and shaking a hand and that's not there I mean and this person right. is the leader of the United States of America. Well, you still have half the country that still questions the validity of that last statement. <laughs> yes. I, yeah. And that would be that person as far as like I still question, like I just have a hard time imagining the American people really wanted a walking vegetable, more or less. <laughs> it, it's just, I don't know. Uh, it, like he can't complete a sentence and he, and he, has, and he actually has like, an outline as far as like who to call on for when it comes to like asking questions. Like he actually has a list of people that they give him like, Hey, just call on this person. They're going to ask you this question. Like what kind of president, why do we, how is he a president at this point? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you know, and, and there was running bets on the Joe Rogan, uh, Joe Rogan podcast in terms of mm -hmm. how long he would last. Would he, would he be able to finish out his term? I mean, what, what are we Ooh. at now? What are we at now? Two. We got two more years left of him. Um, I mean, is he honestly, honest to God, is he going to make it? <laughs> the guy scares me, man. I, I really does. He uh, looks, he looks he like a, a corpse. Yeah, I agree. And I've actually, weirdly enough, I actually had a dream once where <laughs> I'm, be, I'm not kidding. Like I had a dream once that I was actually like at, at DC and Joe Biden was talking and all of a sudden like his entire face like came off. And it was a totally different person, like because he's a puppet, but he's yeah. like, and someone's like, but someone's literally pushing him to like do these things that clearly like he doesn't have the mental capacity to do anymore to begin with. And so I think for me anyway, I would still get, I would give him at least the rest of the term. I'm not sure he can actually do two terms though. Like I just do not. If he does like make it win the re-election campaign, which. I, based on the current sentiment anyway, I highly doubt he'll get a second term. But if, let's say, hypothetical, not to knock on wood, mm -hmm. not to jinx myself, but hypothetically, if he actually did win, like, I don't see him going past, like, maybe one year after that. Um, so you're saying that you seriously saying that the Democrats would actually put him up again? Yes, especially if Donald Trump runs again. Like, they would rather have a walking vegetable than have Donald Trump in office. Can't can't the DeSantis be uh, beat or be a better option than Trump? In my eyes, he is, but maybe I'm totally I, off. <laughs> well, it depends on what you want, I would say. And the Republican base here in America, the party still belongs to Trump. And majority of Republican voters here, registered voters anyway, they are heavily favoring Trump, mainly because like he is that, I don't know, a lot of people find him appealing in the sense that because the establishment keeps going after him in the same, not honestly, like the way the establishment goes after Trump is not nearly the same as how they go after DeSantis. So you can make the argument, I would say, that DeSantis gives them less ammo to work with. It's based on like how he presents himself and how he talks to the media versus Trump. Trump is a lot more lombastic when he talks. Yeah. Um, at the same time, though, there is an appeal to someone who 
like kind of like the anti-hero essentially like everyone loves a good villain in the story that you kind of cheer for i would say and trump is kind of like that person for a republican base yeah like because the establishment is so despised here in america and i'm sure it's despised by the canadians as well and their establishment over there that donald trump even though like he's basically this he's literally the same age i think he may be one year younger than uh biden but they'd would rather have someone like Trump in office who will hold no punches back. And I think that's the other reason why many Republican voters are, I would say, are appealed by Trump. Because if he wins re-election, let's say, that would be his second term in office, which the U.S. Constitution said they cannot serve more than two terms in office. And so when you have that, you pretty much at that point have nothing to lose if you're running if you're in your second term, you don't have to worry about like re-election anymore. Yeah. Whereas DeSantis, like he would have to worry about re-election if he ran and actually became president. And so they've, they want someone who will be in there or will hold no punches back towards the establishment at this point. I, I don't, I don't really, honestly, the way I see it as an outsider, I see yeah. it as someone that he, DeSantis will not hold back because he certainly does it now. Uh, sure. He's much well, uh, better spoken. I agree. His ideas are more concise and well planned out, and his words are chosen, uh, and he has a plan for everything. And you know where you stand with him. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I would honestly, uh, I that that's <laughs> that's puzzling for me. It really is. Uh, I would uh, the things I've heard him say, and mm -hmm. yes, sometimes you know, but I just love since since COVID. Like mm -hmm. I said, so well thought out. Every answer is well thought out. You clearly know where you stand with him. He fights for just common sense. I think he would be a great president, honestly. Um, and a lot of Republican voters here would say, like, Trump 2024, DeSantis 2028. Uh, and, they, and they want the and they like the idea of a Trump DeSantis ticket. Like, DeSantis is the mm -hmm. vice president. And then DeSantis okay. is running 2020 as, like, this, you know, Republican dynasty, whatever. Tag, um, tag team wrestling tag team wrestling yeah <laughs> yeah. Does, yeah okay doesn't sound so bad yeah and then wow. to an extent like if it weren't for trump i don't feel like florida wouldn't have a DeSantis because trump did set way or set a path for those kind of conservatives maga conservatives anyway who are outspoken not politically correct and are willing to put their the interests of their people first over any outside influences um, which people like Joe Biden, the Democrat, it's just really the establishment in general. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even just limit to the Democrat party. I think there's such a thing as a uni party at this point where the Republican base and the Democrat base, they're really the same. They're not that different in my opinion at this point. Um, but that said, um, we'll see. We have to get through the midterms first. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, hopefully there's a red wave because, uh, yeah, the prices here are getting ridiculous too, and I'm not a fan. <laughs> uh, a lot of things are coming out of control; are just completely out of control in my country, as we we alluded to before. So I know that's well, why you what you what you wanted wanted to to get our perspective on things. So yeah, which by the way, folks, make sure you hit the like button, subscribe button, hit the notification bell to boost my self esteem at least. I know most of us don't hit the notification bell, but please hit you know help my self esteem out by hitting the notification bell. And also follow my friend Luigi at his show, Agree to Disagree Show. If you wouldn't mind, Luigi, giving your uh, plugins for the show as far as where they can find you on social media. 
Yeah, social media on Instagram and uh, Facebook at Agree to Disagree Show. Uh, and uh, everywhere you get your podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, um, anywhere and everywhere, Agree to Disagree Show. And I've been on his show once, and he's been on my show. This is actually the second time Luigi's been on my show. So by all means, it's a good conversation every time we get together. So it's going to be another good conversation, of course, coming up this evening. And I got to ask the audience as well, like based on what we talked about as far as politics of American politics and Canadian politics being identical, which nations rubbing off each other? Is it can Canadian politics rubbing off American politics or is it American politics rubbing off Canadian politics? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I'd love to see the answers of that. But you know what? I mean, can, Canadian politics used to be considered boring. That is no longer the case. I could assure you, my friend. It's it's not boring. Uh, unfortunately, it's not boring for the good reason. Uh, <laughs> but there's so much, so much going on right now. So I know you wanted to get to that. So where, yeah. do, we, where do we even begin? Well, let's go ahead and really just discuss the current state of Canadian politics since the cre- uh, freedom. freedom Convoy. With the first part that caught my attention was the assisted suicide policy policy. Uh, Please expand on my American audience. What the hell is that about? Um, and what are some misconceptions about the policy itself? Yeah. Well, uh, basically, they want to, uh, the government wants to make an amendment. Uh, of course, it's a liberal government, right? Under Justin Trudeau. <laughs> um, right. So basically, th- they want to make an amendment to the uh, doctor assisted um, death um, amendment that they want to include the mentally ill, okay? Mm. Um, Where, of course, obviously, uh, some experts are saying it could become the most permissive jurisdiction in the world, uh, which doesn't surprise me uh, because (laughs) Justin Trudeau, uh, you know, says anything goes, right? Uh, right? We have to be free. We have to be free, of course, when it comes to bodily autonomy, when it comes to vaccinations, but we're going to get to that point after. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't count. That doesn't count, Ken. Uh, nope. you, no, you don't have you don't have bodily autonomy, but you could choose to end your own life. Um, I, I um, I'm 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 worried about this uh, in a way or not, because I've always been um, a believer in saying, you know, who are we to decide? how a person is suffering and to what point but the problem is that it's it's not it's not measurable when it's mentally mm-hmm. um so so the, the, there there within lies the issue right um right so you know you 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 like like it's you know the article says it perfectly you, you can't see depression on a scan uh, right. exception of dementia where imaging could show structural brain changes in psychiatry uh, really all you have is the patient's story and what you see what your eyes and you hear and what the family tells you because this has so many moral financially um physiologically it has so many implications right uh mm-hmm. because what happens here is it just people that are depressed and looking for an actual legal way out so maybe that the family could actually right uh um uh get the the insurance on the policy and rather than saying oh the, the you know it was it was it was a government assisted suicide so you know it could be it, it, be, it could be considered legally or maybe not looked upon or frowned upon so badly 
Um, so th- there's so many lines here, right? But mm-hmm. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised because, I mean, the government is basically saying, I know, I know the way, and, and I want to get your feedback on this, is, again, because we, we discussed this when we spoke about abortion, right? Uh, right. And you opened my eyes to, to, to a lot of things, and I looked at it differently after that discussion we had. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, it, for me, it's it's impossible. It's it's difficult to say, but when basically, you know, what people are calling this is state-sanctioned government murder. Basically, is what they're calling it, right? <laughs> right. That's what they're calling it. So, but then again, I don't want to beat that guy to say, but who decides, right? Who decides, Ken? Mm-hmm. The government's going to decide. The the government can't even decide whether or not uh, we should have transgender bathrooms. The government can't even decide or can't even admit to their failings and and their their disastrous handling of COVID. And they're going to decide whether who who gets to live or die. So, um, yeah, it's it's a scary thought. It's really it's not an easy thing to discuss. And also, right, you're putting this onto doctors. Mm-hmm. And besides everything else that they have to deal with in terms of a healthcare system that is overrun, again, we're there again. Right. We're, we're there again. Hospitals, emergency rooms are overrun. No, not with COVID. <laughs> right. It's actually what? Guess what, Ken? The flu came back to Canada. <laughs> it exists again. <laughs> Can you believe that? I oh, really I, I thought they I thought we were done with the flu. I I, I thought we eradicated the flu. <laughs> I <laughs> I'm not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. Um, So, in one in one year from now, in March 2023, Canada will become one of the few nations in the world allowing medical aid in dying, or MAID is what is how they call the program for Mm -hmm. people um, whose sole underlying condition is depression, bipolar disorder, personality disorders, schizophrenia, PTSD, or any other mental affliction. Uh, in the Netherlands, made for irre- uh, irremedial psychiatric suffering has been regulated by law since 2002. Hmm. So, uh, you know, how do you define uh, grievous and irremedial in psychiatry? In psychiatry, how do we? How do you define that? Can the person come back? Depression? Oof. I don't know. Can I mean? I'm not going to say any names. I, I have friends or family members that, that suffer from depression. But, you know, with a little bit of therapy and drugs, they're doing okay. They're, 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 they're trying to live a productive life and yeah. being productive mm-hmm. um, as friends, as uncles, as aunts, as parents. Um, so I... <laughs> I really don't know where I stand with this. It's it's very difficult. It's very very difficult. But I, I yeah. want to like, how do you see it? Do you see it as because I don't think the government wants to get into the business of murdering people or making it legal. Right. I just I don't know. They are. I just are we making it too easy to cop out? I hate to use that word, mm-hmm. uh, but are we making it too easy? <sighs> So I think the first thing that we have to acknowledge is like we have a sick society in the West in general. Yes. Um, Not only from a physical standpoint, but also the mental health standpoint. 
And actually, many people don't realize, but the two coincide together a lot of times. Um, your physical health will affect your mental health. And so to an extent, I guess for me, it's just like I don't see kind of like what I was saying about abortion when, when I was on your show. I don't see how a doctor could legally or look at someone in the eye and say, you know what? Your life is warranted a death sentence at this point. Hmm. Like to me, it almost seems like a violation of their Hippocratic oath to try to make people be make people better, essentially. And so by assisting them in killing themselves, regardless, the conversation to me seems more like a band-aid to a deeper issue going on. And the dip, deeper issue going on in the West is the really the realities of secularism. And when you remove the idea of a higher authority in society, then you lose that sight of there's a higher purpose or higher calling in life that gives you value and gives you, you know, that, that feeling that life is worth living at least. Yeah. And so for me, like I just can't, cause I deal with depression myself. And so I can't imagine, and it's, it's interesting because I've said this before about transgenderism as far as, you know, imagine if someone looked at me and said, you know what, Ken, your feelings about depression are validated. And if you want to go ahead, end your life, go ahead and pursue that life. Like how destructive of a message that is in the same way we tell people who are struggling with gender dysphoria as far as go ahead and destroy your entire biology and become someone you're not essentially. And so for me, when it comes to a policy like this, the conversation should be like, how can we heal people? But instead it's basically saying, well, let's go ahead instead of like trying to figure out and answer asking those hard questions as far as how do we heal people and make people better so they can go out and live productive and purposeful lives. We're saying, go ahead. You're, you're right. And how in these feelings. And if you want to pursue it, go ahead and pull the plug on yourself with this, you know, legalization of assisted suicide we have going on. So basically it's okay to quit. And I love what you said, right? I love what you said is that, there's a direct correlation between the separation of state and religion, which has been a huge thing, especially here in mm-hmm. Quebec, in Canada. Yeah. Uh, but you see, people are lost, right? Yeah. So if, to me, honestly, Ken, it doesn't really. And, and again, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna resort back to Joe Rogan because if Joe Rogan, which is mm-hmm. a well-known atheist, could say, you know what, I could see the value in religion. Yeah. It's not whether or not Jesus really existed. It's not mm-hmm. whether or not Muhammad really existed. It's not, it's not about that. It's about the message of the religion. And if this religion is giving you purpose and guidance and values in life, what's wrong with that? What is All wrong right. with that? So now you have a government, for whatever reason, wanting to completely remove it and separating from changing uh, you know, from school boards, because before we had Protestant, Catholic, and <laughs> no more. It's, it's English and French school board, for example, in Quebec. That's all it is, right? Mm-hmm. So... You take that away from the people, then you have this epidemic uh, of uh, uh, this, excuse me, this pandemic of just people. I always said, like, when things are too good, because again, and I've said this so many times, Ken, <laughs> right. things are so good in, in the timeline of history. 
and civilization. Right. Things have never been better for us. Agreed. Think about it. Do oh, we yeah. have to go fight for food? Do we have to nope. go shoot someone for food? Our health has never been better. But yet, what we're putting in our bodies is making us sick and our minds are sick. We're always thinking about, oh my God, what am I missing in terms of money and this? Why? And then we're just making us sick and sick and sick physically and then mentally, because as you said, the two are completely related, 100%. They're attached <laughs> forever. The body and soul is always together, the, the body right. and the mind. So it, it things are so good. Okay, now let's start inventing problems because that's what literally <laughs> is. I'm not denying that there is mental health issues, that there's chemical imbalances in the brain. That's not what I'm denying. But what I'm saying is that rather than try to find the problems and, and, and not find the problems, but find the solutions of talking it out, changing your lifestyle, relying on friends, relying on therapy, relying on religion and values and whatever. I don't care. Whatever makes you better, no. Let's just okay. The government says it's okay. I've had <laughs> enough. I'm, 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 you know, I'm closing my ticket, and uh, that's it. We're good. We're good. And how, and how's that going to affect the younger generation when they start seeing adults, you know, take this route? That's going to influence them because they mimic and they like, and they like to mimic adults a lot of the times. Absolutely. And so when they start to deal with depression or anything like that, like, okay, are you going the government? What's the next step? Is the government going to start letting children go ahead and pursue this route? And then they start off with like something more subtle as far as like, yeah, as long as they have parental consent and then it'll advance to something more like, you know, uh, well, they don't have to get parental consent. Then you lose, which I know in Canada, as far as parental rights, that's in a real struggle right now. Uh, as, as far as like being able to protect your kids from really destructive thoughts and ideology being presented at school in the school education system. That's um, yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a mess in itself. I imagine in Canada right yeah, now. Absolutely. It really is. Yes. And someone may say, you know, well, this is a slippery slope fallacy and I would push back and say, well, so far every slippery slope fallacy that's conservatives I've talked about has become reality. So, um, can't so go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I just wanted to read something. Uh, this is this is a great. In the mental health field, opinions are deeply divided. Mental illness is never irremediable. One side argues there is always hope for a cure, always something more to be tried, and a person's ability to think rationally, to seek an assistant death when they might have a life expectancy of decades, can't help being clouded by the very fact that they are struggling psychologically. Think about that. Mm-hmm. I've, I, that point just really, you know, shot, really, really uh, spoke to me. So, yeah. um, you know, how could you make that decision when psychologically you're suffering? You cannot, how could you, how could you say that you're of sound mind to make a decision to take your own life, but you're struggling psychologically? The two can't coexist. That's true. Right. Yeah. So you're you no, you're not a sound mind. You're not able to make that decision. You're not. It's the same mm -hmm. person that, that you know, like a, a young kid that, for example, is being bullied or whatever. Something happens at school and they're embarrassed, and the only solution for them is like it's the end of the world, suicide. No, <laughs> guys, that there's there's other solutions because in two three days it might be better, and everybody's gonna forget about it. But they can't mm -hmm. see that far. They don't have the mental capacity to go that far. It's and the like same way, yeah. As I was saying, it's a band-aid to a deeper problem. That's right. It's, I mean, what happens to the 
the term when it comes to suicide as far as what happened to the idea of it's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. What do I have to that mindset? Yeah. Yeah. So you can, and you can look at the, like you were saying, you can look at the, what is the core of what's causing you to feel this way? If it's your job, there are many jobs, other careers you can pursue. Um, if it's relational, like maybe you have a bad friend group or maybe there's certain family members that are toxic. You can always, you know, remove some people and replace it with others in your circle. Or you can just shrink your circle overall in general. Yeah. You have all these options, but you only get one life. Yeah. You can't take that back once you make that decision. And it does affect everyone. Absolutely. It affect, that's right. What do you leave behind, right? That's mm -hmm. what I've always said. Who do you leave behind and what mess do you leave behind for everyone else to clean up? Uh, and now the government's just going to try to make it easy. Uh, there has to be other solutions. We have to focus on solutions, like you said. You have to. There has to be a solution. It cannot come to the point where the government is saying that, yes, is this what is this an, another cop-out? And I'm not even surprised that this comes from this government. I mean, <laughs> I'm telling you guys, they're, 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 they're just so far out there. They're they're a nuts, and I would I would I would consider some of them criminals. I'm serious. I'm not right. joking about this. I'm not even joking. I said I did a reel last week on uh, on Instagram. Like, at what point? At what point do you start putting these people in jail? I'm serious, Ken. Treason? <laughs> no, no. Like, oh my God, guys, there's so much going on in Canada. <laughs> I would put half of liberal the liberal cabinet in jail. I swear to God, I would, if not well, all of it. Well, you're not making, you don't have the connections that uh, they do, Luigi. No, of so, not. of course not. <laughs> of course not. Um, but it's interesting to say, as far as like the mess you leave behind, because that gets into the next conversation as far as the Queen of Britain, Queen Elizabeth, dying. And I know Britain and Canada, this, you know, part of this whole empire. Yeah. And so I want you to go ahead, your perspective as far as, uh, your sentiments about the queen and the how it affects Canadian politics and the what she left behind and how that's going to affect Canadian politics going forward. Honestly, it it it, it just opened up again that um, see because what happens is if if you want to make that uh, change to the Canadian Constitution, you have to reopen the Canadian Constitution. So as you know, in Canada, if you do do that, right, then Quebec, the province which I live in, is going to say, oh. Since we're there and we're going to remove the monarchy from our Canadian <laughs> legislature, right? Right. Um, let's look at this whole Quebec and separation and special rights for the province of Quebec. Mm -hmm. this, this has been going on for uh, over 50 years, okay? This, this uh, threat of separation in Quebec, we've already had two referendums in which we, the last one being very close, we still voted to stay within the Confederation of Canada. So now, you know, now you just have certain politicians. So now there's two, uh, basically two MNAs, okay, the members of National Assembly, uh, provincial uh, members of Parliament, um, that basically, uh, because we just had a provincial election, and in order to be sworn in, you have to uh, have an oath to the king now, mm -hmm. not the queen, to the king. And they're refusing to do so, to pass the message or just to say, <laughs> you know, we don't need so, we don't need anymore. So basically... Um, they're they're they won't be able to sit in the house in in parliament until they do so 
Mm. So really, Ken, honestly, that there is really no big ramifications, really, because it's just a figurehead. And this the governor general that uh, that is the is the representative of the monarchy here in Canada. And basically, the governor general has no power. OK, mm -hmm. it's really just figure figurehead, like when the prince comes here and Prince Charles and whatever. It's just and not excuse me, King Charles. Now, uh, <laughs> it's just really a figurehead in the history. I don't know why we still have it. But the whole thing is that we don't want to open up the Constitution because then we're opening up the proverbial can of worms and that's going to just be a disaster. So really, honestly, it it, it, it won't affect. It's not affecting except some of these two clowns here, two clown MNAs that I can't stand both of them here in Quebec. Not many politicians, <laughs> not many politicians I like anyway, but uh, they're just doing to, to be shit disturbers. So I, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to see what happens there if, if they actually end up doing it and because um yeah they won't be able to sit in parliament until they do so uh it's pretty funny there's this there's, there's not much there honestly it's no big deal i see so it's just more like a as you said the, the queen is just like a figurehead in canadian politics yeah or now the king coming up so yeah is it officially yet is it officially king charles i think so yeah he has been uh whatever they call crowned it. Yeah, coronation crowned. whatever coronation, i don't know yeah i think it is but it's why the association then what's the history behind it well it's just because obviously canada used to be used to be part of uh great britain yeah great britain so it, it's it, it all stems from that it's all historical and it's kind of right. stupid that we're still doing this i'll be honest with you like just, <laughs> just get rid of it open to the constitution get rid of it come on guys like you know let's let's get with the program but there's always that threat again from Quebec, as usual, the stupid province that I live in. Um, there's always that threat and no politician and no prime minister wants to open up that uh, that can, not even a can. I'd probably call it a huge canister of, of problems, potential problems. So they're never going to do it. They'll just let it be and that's it. <laughs> Literally. Well, Literally. then... <laughs> Well, in that case, since there's really not a whole lot there, but let's talk about something that does more affect your every single daily daily life, yeah. the economy. And you are someone who is in the housing market, more or less, in the, yeah. in the business of mortgages. Yeah. Um, so go ahead, and I want to, you to give the American audience as far as like, because pretty much, as we were kind of alluding to earlier, like as far as the situation with the economy in America, it's there's probably there's a lot of similarities between Canada and America when it comes to the politics and the economy, such as inflation. Uh, so go ahead and explain like how how has that affected your life? How is it affecting the average Joe in general? Um, go ahead. So uh, things are not good right now. People are suffering, and this is where I go off uh, in my rant. Um, so <laughs> okay. Go ahead. It, it's it's been a perfect storm, right? Um, there's inflation. There's the cost of goods uh, have skyrocketed. The mm -hmm. interest rates on our mortgages have increased um, three hundred basis points, which basically Yikes. yeah. To to equate that in numbers, uh, someone's mortgage could easily see their monthly payments increase by two to three hundred dollars, if not more. Wow. So now you have a population that already, and I'm not sure about per capita or per uh, income house, what debt Americans uh, per capita are carrying. But right mm -hmm. now, historically, we have the highest debt per per capita for every dollar that they um, that Canadians earn, how much in debt that they have for that dollar. And right now, historically, it's at its highest. So now you have a a population coming out of a, uh, of COVID 
spending money, living life, and now we have all this happening. So they're already on the brink. And mm -hmm. I see it because, I'm, as you mentioned, I'm in mortgages. So what we call debt ratios, right? When we're calculating how much money does this family have coming in and how much debts do they have, including the mortgage, principal and interest, taxes and heating and whatever else, credit cards and this and that. So those uh, are, are being exceeded. So which means that it's a lot more difficult to get, um, to get approved now. So, so to further exasperate the problem, years ago, the government, the Canadian government put into place some, uh, some new rules to make it a little bit tougher to get a mortgage. They call them stress tests, uh, which at the time, okay, made sense. Right. But now we're there. The stress is now. And they're not changing anything. <laughs> mm -hmm. They're not changing anything. And so housing, everyone needs to understand, housing is the backbone of every, any economy. Because everything focused around construction and housing makes everything else go around. Right? Mm -hmm. If people have homes, if there's all the people and all the trades and everyone's in... So it, it's a constant circle. So right now the economy is suffering. People can't afford, are making decisions because our gas prices, just with the taxes, are out of this world, right? Then you have, of course, another government that wants <laughs> to be fossil fuel um, uh, free because apparently the, 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 the world's coming to an end. In <laughs> 2030. <laughs> yeah, well, no, no, actually, we were supposed to, it was supposed to come to an end 30 years because of climate change, 30 years ago. I saw an article today. Yep. Uh, if we don't, if, and then it was 2012, and then yeah, it was 2018, I think. Yeah, well, no, it was even early. If we don't change before 2000 something, 2003, the world's coming to an end. We're gonna burn, and it's gonna, or we're gonna be flooded, and we're gonna lose entire cities. And <laughs> but it's a crisis, anyway, though. Anyway, yeah, it's a crisis. <laughs> anyway, 20 years later, we're still here. Can you yeah. believe it? Um, so you have people making decisions in terms of are they gonna eat? Are they gonna make their mortgage payment? Uh, rents are out of this world, especially the major cities in Canada. Montreal has seen mm -hmm. an increase of, I don't know the exact statistics, but a uh, tremendous increase in rents. So mm -hmm. it's not like rents are any more affordable because now these all these landlords have to pay their mortgages, right? So they have to increase their, uh, because taxes are going up, because values are going up. So it's just a vicious circle. So Mike, here, here's my thing, okay? What did, and I've said this from day one, and you go right. back in my podcast and you see it. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I saw what did you what did exactly the liberal government think? Because we all know they're not very economics is not their strong points. OK, <laughs> so what did you think was going to happen you, when you shut down an entire economy for two years? What did you think was going to happen when people can't work and can't afford anything what do you think is going to happen when you keep giving them money so you're printing money to them to stay home what did you think was going to happen here is the result but you know what the response to that is i took care of canadians you stupid i don't know if i could swear but i'm, I'm going to try to stay <laughs> you dimwit you took care of Canadians on the short term by printing money. You've ruined an entire generation. We will never pay back this debt. There are dark times coming for Canada. They're already here, right? They're already here. <laughs> Some, they're even seeing depression, not even inflation and not even... Uh, uh, um, Same here in America. There's talk of it, depression here. <laughs> you know, I mean, what did you think was going to happen? 
Everyone mm-hmm. thought you should have opened up the minute you saw, okay, I, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt at the beginning. Honestly, can I will? But after mm-hmm. six months and people are starting to scream, hey, I need to go back to work. I need to make money for my family. Now, nobody wants to go back to work, as I told you off air. Where, why is nobody, why is everybody having a hard time finding employees? I don't understand, Ken. You're telling me that during COVID, everybody found a job on YouTube and on social media? <laughs> I don't. I don't understand. I don't. Understand. I wish. <laughs> yeah, Actually, no. I don't wish because we still need like those blue collar workers, yeah. such as plumbers and electricians. You have coffee shops, popular co- that can't open because they have no staff. I don't get it. You have restaurants that have no staff. You have even big box stores that have no McDonald's. McDonald's. I'm t- having difficulty bringing in employees. To, to stay open. There, there's some of them are in my area closing a dining room at 10 p.m. Since when? <laughs> it's it's crazy. Again, I ask, I, I just would like to have him in front of me. You dumb dimwit. What did you think was going to happen? You didn't take care of Canadians. You ruined us, on the contrary. You ruined us even worse. We're mm. worse off by mm. taking that money Taking the money, six hundred dollars, a thousand dollars a month, two hundred dollars a week, whatever it was. I don't. I mean, luckily, I was not affected, so I didn't need it, and and I didn't take it. But not only that, they had to pay back when they did their taxes, right? At least thirty percent back to the government. Oh wow! The amount of, and we're not even. We don't even see. We don't even see the the end result yet. How many more suicides are we going to see? How many more depressions are we going to see because of this? How and that's where the assisted this? suicide policy comes in. That's perfect. Yeah, we 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 cause the problem because everyone knows this is like this. They're calling it a government, a government made one hundred percent, not depression, but um, recession. Recession. Thank you. A government made recession. It's clear. It's clear as day. We saw mm-hmm. the writing was on the wall from day one. From day now, one. Is the Canadian government incentivizing people to stay in instead of to go out to work? Is that what's going on? Like, why aren't people working, do you think? They, they, I I don't know, Ken. Uh, That's why I even asked you. I I don't know because they stopped giving the the government uh, grants or whatever you want to call them, right? Once everyone was going back to work. Yeah. So, but, but now people, I don't know what's going on. Like, people, what they got comfortable, they'd rather stay home and not make any money or collect employment insurance because we do have employment insurance in Canada. But it, I mean, are they a, taking inspiration from California with the homelessness? I, well, <laughs> you know, like I, I've never seen such a, a an uptick in homelessness in Montreal. So that's that's a, definitely an issue. Really, I, I don't know where all these people have gone. I don't know where they're working. I don't know where they're working. There's work everywhere. And and I read a report that next year, uh, was it Montreal or Quebec or Canada? Anyway, I think next year Montreal or Quebec, um. The salaries offered by employers are going to be historically the highest ever. Hmm. But, but what's going? I know that the high the salaries that uh, because they have to find workers are there now. So what? What? Where is? Where does everybody want to work? What do you want to do? What did everybody find themselves all of a sudden <laughs> during COVID? They stayed home. I I think I want to be uh, I don't know a philosopher. I think I want to be a transgender activist. What did everybody find themselves? Nobody wants to work anymore. My friend, it's a running gag. One of my buddies, good friends, he goes, well, look, can I ask you? Literally, every time we're talking, he goes, does anybody want to work anymore? He owns a restaurant. 
And mm-hmm. the, every time, the first thing, I, hey, bud, how's it going? Good, Yulu. So can I ask you a question? Sure, John. Does anybody want to work anymore? Mm. I don't know if it's the generation. I don't know if it's the snowflake generation. Uh, I don't know what it is, Ken. I was hoping maybe you would have some answers, but you probably don't know either. I, I don't understand either. So that that that's the situation's not good right now. It really is not good, and it's gonna and it's gonna get worse. Oh, you're on mute. Sorry, bud. Uh, sorry. Uh, I keep referring back to this because. I think this is the core issue of all the problems in the West these days, but I think it's just the consequence of secularism in the world of secularism, or at least in the world where religion thrives, you have, especially Christianity, like there's like this emphasis of hard work. You have to work in order to get what you want and to pay your bills. Otherwise mm-hmm. you will go home. You'll go, you'll go homeless, go hungry and everything like that. And so it was really emphasized during a, when a society was based on that, people wanted to work because of that situation because we've removed religion and we've treated religion as if it's the next incarnate of Satan, more or less. Um, now people have lost sight of like those values and morals of working hard, you know, going out there, getting in, if you will. And so that's like the only thing I can think of. I was, I was originally going to say like, is, that's why I asked the question as far as like, is the government incentivizing people to stay in? But I guess that's not that's not what's happening either. And as far as like the ways uh, raising salaries and everything, like they're raising wages. Like, tell us more about the inflation because here in America, like, even despite the fact that wages are going up, it's not like because of the rate of inflation. Like, it's making like managers and employers they can't raise their wages any more than they already have. Yep. But it's also a situation where the workers, like, it's not really helping their situation with, you know, paying their bills as far as, like, you know, the increase of costs in general. So help us help the American audience explain, like, that as far as, like, the inflationary aspect of things. Well, inflation is at an all-time high. It it, it peaked over 7% at one point. It went down. I know it went down a little bit uh, last month. Um, I'm sure Trudeau, like, it's like, yeah, see, I'm bringing down inflation. (laughs) Yeah, but interest rates are through the roof. So, I mean, they really, you know, they cancel each other. Uh, Obviously, salaries are not, are not, cannot follow that. I mean, who's going to give you a 7%, uh, (laughs) you know, 7%, 7% increase in salary overnight? It's just not going to happen. And it never Mm -hmm. has. I mean, just normally the cost of living, you would give a raise of 1.5, even 2%, 1, 1.5, 2% for cost of living um, calculations, but 7%. So then what's happening, right? I mean, everybody, the, the employer is putting it on the, cl- on the, on the client. Mm-hmm. I have to, because they, they mean they're in business and they're going to, what they're going to lose money. It's costing them, you know, obviously to make a sandwich, this, this chicken used to be $7 a pound, let's say is now uh, $12 a pound. Right. Right. So um, that's we're literally talking. I mean, I have a lot of friends that are in the industry and he says, uh, you know, I used to buy my chicken in bulk and it's literally 50 percent increased. So how has that affected your life personally, if you don't mind letting the audience know, like how has inflation made your life harder as far as affordability? I'll, I'll be honest with you again. Um, I'm I'm lucky. OK, mm-hmm. uh, because. 
I started my investments. I bought my home pre this mess. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So I bought my home six years ago, uh, and it's increased dramatically in value. Uh, and mm -hmm. also, I'm lucky because I live uh, not a frugal life. My wife is. We have a a, a nice home. Nothing, mm -hmm. you know. We have just cars that just, just could get us to A and B. Uh, mm -hmm. We don't we don't go crazy. But uh, it has affected me because I'm I'm thinking twice, three times, four times before I even make uh, a large purchase or even vacationing with the family. Um, mm -hmm. Because obviously, you know, if you are indebted for whatever, I mean, I, I obviously have credit lines for investments and real estate and this and that. So, of course, it, it, it affects that. So you're going to think twice about making decisions, right? Right. And, and, and everything is so much more expensive before I talked about my kids and just camps for baseball. And skiing, and you know, this for example, this winter we made a decision that maybe we're going to ski a little less this year because it's so expensive, mm. and we don't know that with interest rates, right? Luckily, I have a fixed rate on my mortgages, but uh, it's 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 definitely affecting me personally. I'm, we're going to think twice already. We were very good with our decisions, but now I would tell you we're thinking twice. Before I wouldn't think twice. I said, you know, whatever my kids want, whatever we want. You know, even with, if I wanted something, I, I you know what, I'm, I deserve it. I'm going to give it to myself. I'm going to buy it for myself, whatever. <laughs> uh, not not right now. Not right now. I, I could assure you. So definitely it is having an impact on me individually. And I know for a lot of Canadians that are in uh, already in a heap of trouble financially. So mm -hmm. uh, it makes me sad. I am worried for a lot of my fellow Canadians and um, even Americans um, for what yeah. this means. I, I am very concerned because, as, trust me, I've seen a lot of applications, mortgage applications, so I've seen a lot of financial situations. I could tell you, Ken, uh, there are a lot of people that are just on the edge. Mm. Just on the edge. So when I say on the edge, what I mean is as high as 75% of Canadians are one uh, missed paycheck away from not being able to meet their monthly obligations. Now compare that to let's say that those individuals compare that to like maybe four years ago. Would they be in that same boat? I would imagine. Yes. Yes, mm. that's that's been so. You're already in a very uh, dangerous spot. So now mm -hmm. you bring in inflation, you bring in cost of living, and yeah. interest rates through the roof. Uh, it's at um, a critical point now. Were you taught financial education by any chance? No, and I'm a huge advocate for that. Uh, I'm so happy we're going to get into that. First of all, okay, so I, I have to <laughs> this. I have two young kids, right? Yeah. Some of the shit that they're learning in school. Are you kidding me? <laughs> are you kidding me? You're telling me that you're not able, even I swear to God, or forget about um, even a class, bringing in maybe a one-day seminar, bringing a guy like me, Mm -hmm. Bring in a banker, bring in a financial planner. Uh, let me explain to you the importance of, uh, of having good credit, kids. Mm -hmm. Because one day this, this, and that. Let me explain to you the importance of doing a proper budget. Mm -hmm. Very simple, but very effective. There is none of that. What happened to the, I don't know if when you, uh, did, I had home economics where I literally learned to sew and cook in class. Wow. It was no, we did not have that. No, okay. I'm a lot older than you. Okay. <laughs> I'm 47. Yeah. But my high school did have, it, it was called home economics. I'll never forget it. 
uh, it taught us how to, and I still today can, when if I, I could, I could still sew on a button because of that class mm-hmm. cooking, uh, I'm a kind of a disaster, but that's, that's besides the point. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, but what I'm saying is maybe that factor in a little bit of financial education, how important it is, is it mm-hmm. Ken? And I'm so happy you, you asked me that question. Some of the stuff they're learning in school, what is the purpose? What is the purpose? Really? Mm-hmm. And that kind of gets into like the next point as far as like raising kids in these current woke environment education system now where there seems to be more interest in pushing really gender ideology and sexualizing kids as a whole. Uh, I'm going to assume like you have your kids going to a public school right now. Um, and if so, how does that make you feel? What are your current sentiments? And have you considered, because a lot of parents, they're seeing what the public school, here in America anyway, they're seeing the students and they're seeing what's going on with the public education system. And a lot of them just pulling them out and homeschooling them now. Um, is homeschooling on your radar now as far as based on the current trajectory? Um, okay, so right now I know that uh, homeschooling it has, is uh, at an all-time high in terms of increase in popularity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know actually somebody, uh, a friend of mine, his sister, uh, did not like how they were handling COVID and mm-hmm. masks for children, and she pulled them out. And so that's just one example. I know another friend of mine, ex-client friend of mine, uh, she has, I don't know, so she quit her job, and she's homeschooling four children. And um, so children. I know that is, yeah, so it is on the right. So for me personally, Ken, uh, I'm lucky. Um, I don't think right now at the level of education, because my, my older son is in, um, high school Mm -hmm. school and my younger son is in primary school and elementary school, as we call it here in Canada. Uh, yeah, probably same thing in in the States. Um, so there is that, that, that's not an issue uh, right now. Um, in, in the schools that, uh, because my older son goes to a very good school uh, as well. It's, it's, it's a public school, but uh, a sought after school it's it's sort of like semi-private highly mm-hmm. rated in quebec uh as one of the best uh, public schools mm-hmm. so uh we're not worried about that but i am worried about um where where the the problem the indoctrination is is, is happening i think is more in the mm-hmm. uh, college uh, cjep what we call here um and university levels um mm, that's where uh, that's where so I, I i wanted to you know i i know that you guys came across this this unbelievable story uh from um um i, I believe is at a high school uh, could i think it's high school it's it, the oakville trafalgar high school so it's a high school okay guys it's in ontario so oakville <laughs> is in ontario it's a suburb uh, in ontario and uh this this transgender uh middle-aged man transitioning to a woman uh i don't know how i guess one of the students <laughs> released and i wish i could show you right now if, if i was controlling stream art i would show but basically um this is a she uh she i'll call her she is an industrial arts teacher so if you could imagine she has tremendously huge prosthetic breasts with the nipples protruding uh, <laughs> through the shirt, okay? Then has this horrible um, 
wig. Um, this this could honestly be a nightmare in in any child's. Now they're, they're high schoolers, thankfully. Mm-hmm. But um, since I don't know how this didn't come out about before this even this video came out. Uh, I mean, if mm-hmm. I, you can't tell me that one of those kids prior to this didn't go home and say, "Mom, you have to see my." <laughs> <laughs> or dad you have to see my industrial arts teacher uh yeah Whiskey, th- this sparked a frenzy online and uh basically the school board the first and, and ontario right now is 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 um they're they're having a huge problem with this wokeness huge yeah. problem uh, on all levels in university uh even in high school huge problem um mm-hmm. And that's in Ontario and actually the University of Toronto. That's where the famous Dr. Jordan Peterson was teaching, right? All right. That's where it started. It started all started there. Uh, so finally, they're saying that um, the Ontario's education minister, Stephen Lecce, asked the Ontario College of Teachers on September 26th to review and consider straightening professional conduct provisions. Because first, the thing was, oh, he has every, she has every right to, to dress and express herself. And <laughs> so... Um, I, I honestly, I, I have to believe, I mean, and, and this has made, uh, I think it's become international that, uh, I don't know if this is a publicity stunt, honestly, or is he just like, um, trying to make fun of the situation, um, or <laughs> trying really, to prove a point really is, or try to pr- try to prove a point to how silly it is, but that doesn't seem because I, I'm still looking at it. It doesn't seem that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so now they're finally reviewing the professional standards. But my, my point is, is that, again, like you've said, these high schoolers, they're high, my son is a high schooler. He's 13 years old. You, you, at 13 years old, what are you processing? Honestly, your mm-hmm. mind, your brain is not fully developed till at least 21 years old when you're a man. Okay. And you're seeing this and you're normalizing this as a, as a school district. You're normalizing my son or my child has to see this with huge prosthetic breasts, nipples literally protruding through the shirt, this wig. I, 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 I don't know where it became the education in schools became this liberal bastion for wokeism and, hey, what happened? Teach your fucking curriculum. And stay out of everything else. I could care less if you're gay. I could care less if you're transgender. I could care less about your sexual preferences. I don't give a shit. Teach my child. That's it. That's all. Don't talk to him about anything. I don't... Ken, do you remember... I remember when I was going to school. Did I care what my teacher did that weekend? Did I care who he or she went and banged this weekend? (laughs) Did I care where they went on a Friday night and how much alcohol they drank? I don't remember really anything or learning anything about their private lives. Like Never. If I saw them in public, I was shocked that they even had a life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or even, you know, walk into them and run into them at the grocery store, Costco. I was like, oh. And my, you know, my parents, hey, why don't you say hi? No, no, no. Like my kids do now, right? Sometimes we'll run into a teacher. They they, they don't want to know nothing, right? Right. (laughs) Right now, thankfully, my, my, both of my children have not said anything to me uh, of that nature. It's strictly education. It's strictly. Mm -hmm. But when did it become okay, Ken? When did it be? We don't, we don't care about strangers' lives 
I don't care about strangers. I don't even care about my friend's personal life. Do what you <laughs> want to do in your own time. I don't care. You treat me good, we're good. I don't care. Do you think I'm going to care? My children are going to care what their teachers do under, and that did not this need to come out. I'm transgender. I'm a lesbian. I'm gay. And I don't care. I don't care. I need to do my kids. And I can't believe that parents now have to go to school board meetings to fight for this. Because now you're hearing about books that they're putting in books that they're putting in libraries. Can I can't believe I've seen stuff on social media. I can't believe so, where you see school board meetings, parents just lambasting the school district for allowing these books and drag queens reading story time. What the fuck is going on? You don't take it. Yeah, it's like you don't take your kid to a shook club. It's becoming <laughs> it's sexualizing children. And I told you this story before when it's just in my lifetime about the kid, my friend, we convinced him to put the fingernail polish on him. Yeah. Yeah. And in elementary school. <laughs> and all of a sudden, and then like, and then once we, he went to school the next day, they sent him to the school list to remove it and then called his parents like, you should have a conversation about like fingernail polish. Is it really for boys? And now the carpet will be rolled out for him in today's society. And that's just in my lifetime. But but why? That's, I always I know I'm sometimes I'm like I come back to very simplistic. But why? Why are we trying to normalize sexuality in children? Why are we trying to normalize pedophilia? Why? Why? What, because what we lost. The, I would say we we lost the value of children. I think we, there's a huge paradigm. I think Michaela Pierce she kind of alluded to this when she was talking about when she got pregnant. Everyone saying like, "Oh, you just destroyed your life or ruined your life." Hmm. Whereas like. You know, my grandparents' generation, anyway, like when they had kids, it was viewed as a gift. And society like valued children. And now, as a result of, again, I'm going to go back to pivot back to secularism, the evils and the consequences of secularism, removing that influence in society, the idea that there's a higher power that holds people to an objective, objective standard of morality. And but it is related to all everything we've spoken about tonight. It is, but no one really talks about it either, and it, and that's hence the show taboo topic. It's taboo, but anyways, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> it's it's perfect. It's um, good. and so in that society like that, which the West was founded upon Christianity predominantly, um, like children. I mean, Jesus said, "Like let the children come to me, for theirs theirs is the kingdom of heaven." And that was like the viewpoint that we had on children. So there was a huge like emphasis on society to protect children at all costs. And now, because we view children as a burden, many people don't like it. We have a lot of people that say they hate children now, right? And in society in Russia, for example, we have a culture in Russia where you can go to a restaurant and they have like an actual setting where if they if a parent comes in they have kids they're sewing out there's like an actual position in some of these restaurants in russia where they'll go ask the parents if they can take their kids so the parents can have some alone time and they can read stories to the kids because that's just that's just a, to promote this culture of really we value children mm, i love that and I but here 
but here in the West, we've lost sight of that. Well, you could you could lose sight as going to a restaurant and there's a kid that you see the parents are clearly just want a night out, but they're having trouble with their kid crying. And I could empathize with that. And you see the other people that don't have children like saying, how dare you ruin mm -hmm. my night, right? right? Again, you know what? Society wouldn't continue if those people had didn't have these kids. Where would we go? It's the constant right. evolution, right? We need these children, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and I will protect them at all costs to remain children because mm -hmm. my beautiful memories of my childhood. How do you think you're doing any service to a child bringing in a whatever you want to call it, transgender performer or I don't know what you call them. When did this start? <laughs> Reading stories. What the fuck? What is I I have no I, I can't even articulate any proper words. I just sound like a buffoon because it's just the idea is so absurd to me. Like when did this become a, an idea? A drag queen coming in to, to read a story. The, can you imagine five, six, seven, eight, nine-year-old looking like what is going on here? What is that? Is that what is this creature? How could this any way, shape, or form be good for a child? What the what is going on? You know, and, and we're all talking about woke education. You know, I don't know if I ever shared this. Why can't you know what? Why can't you just be, you know, for one thing about my premier in Quebec here? Okay, so equivalent to the governor mm -hmm. in the states says, yeah. no, universities are not safe spaces. No, university um, students are not going to choose what they learn or what part <laughs> of history they learn, just like they did in Germany. Mm -hmm. You know, the German, right? How many kids think, oh, it's uh, it's having an effect on us. We can't we can't talk about the Holocaust. Well, tough luck, cookie. We did those atrocities. <laughs> We did them, and you're going to fucking learn about it so that we never do it again. So sit down and learn about your Holocaust history and shut up. <laughs> they wanted to take it out of the curriculum. Really? Let's forget about a lot. So it's the same thing like saying, you know what? Well, mind you, we don't even talk about it. Let's forget about all the atrocities we did to the indigenous people in Canada, especially with the residential schools. Let's just forget mm -hmm. about it. This doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's gonna. It's. It might affect some universities. What, what is it called? They might be triggered. <laughs> Can you believe we're at to the point that we have to be afraid of triggering university students, adults, about the atrocities of our of our history, of our country's history, the literal atrocities. This. It was a Holocaust. What we did. It was equivalent to a Holocaust. What we did to the indigenous people. And you're gonna sit there and say, "I'm triggered." By learning about these atrocities, <laughs> fuck you. That's mm. what I tell you. Well, so let me ask you this then, real quickly, because you have a son that's like going to be college age soon, or everything like that. What do you yeah. tell your kids as far as like seeking higher education? Like, what do you? What's the message now, based on what you've seen? My message to him is, I think I'm. I mean, my, my younger one is still too young, but but with Alessio, uh -huh. thirteen, I just tell him. Alessio, if there's one thing I want from you is to be able to think for yourself. Mm -hmm. to your teachers, yes. But you have to know that everything they talked about, everything you learn about about in a book, you have to question. Okay? Don't be afraid to go out there because now it's unlimited. You could get so much information. So you could do go out there and make your own decisions, and then you're going to be able to decide what you want to do with your education. And I'll be fine with it as long as you're happy. 
and as long as you can make your own decision and you could question everything. And I'm already starting to see it in him. He questions a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Because obviously having me as a father, he sees and <laughs> he sees the way I speak. He sees the way I think. He sees how I question everything. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that that obviously, hopefully that will rub off on him and, and his brother. Um, so that's what I tell him. I tell him. You decide what you want to do with your education. And again, uh, right now I'm lucky the schools that they are, that that's not an issue All right? in terms of, you know, they're sticking really to the curriculum. Um, and I haven't heard any of this. I'm pretty sure I would have. Mm-hmm. So that's what I just tell them. I said, be your own individual and don't be afraid above all question everything. Mm, I see. Well, critical thinking is frowned upon and especially <laughs> with Justin Trudeau. Um, no, which that no. would, that's what led to the freedom convoy. And I want to get into that a little bit. It's like the aftermath of the freedom convoy, pretty much almost a year later, almost we're not there yet, but we're getting there. Yeah. Uh, was it a success? And if not, how, you know, what went wrong and is there any new developments since the freedom convoy as of right now? Well, um, I don't, th- I think it was a huge success. Mm-hmm. Um, why I say that is because uh, it further put a spotlight on how incompetent this government is. Mm. And I think it did bring um, a lot of people together in our country that they chose to not hate, but respect people's individuality and bodily autonomy. Mm-hmm. And vindication has come now, right? Because... <laughs> All the stories, I mean, the, you know, the what is the snakes out of the bag, whatever. Uh, yeah, the cats Pfizer, out of the bag. <laughs> the cats out of the bag, Pfizer, Moderna, and saying, you know, that it was never right. tested for transmission. And, and we see the statistics now and basically does shit, okay? So <laughs> uh, there, there is that vindication. And it, it showed that a huge population, their disgust and their right to um, protest the government uh, mm-hmm. And just a little bit shortly after that, they did lift finally those all the mandates, the travel and everything. So it was a success, even though it ended by them, uh, the government enacting the Emergencies Act. <laughs> <laughs> so something really a, a development now is that um, they have called for and it's started already. Uh, what could be equivalent to, uh, I told you, Saturday night, a Saturday Night Live skit is what they're <laughs> calling the Emergencies Act inquiry. So they yeah. have people from the government uh, questioning people on both sides, protesters and uh, the cops and governments and whatever people or the citizens of Ottawa that were that were scared for their life. With the horn but, honking? Yeah, 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 yeah. That they were, <laughs> that they were, the minute that they got out of their house that uh, uh, they were they were uh, attacked and, and brutalized and yeah by sandcastles <laughs> and hot tubs and kids singing and playing uh, hockey and and singing and dancing and dance parties my god those animals animals let me tell you they were animals so this why <laughs> I say it's a Saturday night live skit is a, there's okay. one there was the now uh, no longer the uh, police chief of Ottawa was there and again, I wish I could share this. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to share it on my next podcast. And <laughs> it was so beautiful, beautifully acted. There's two, two examples. Here's the, the, so the police chief has asked him, "Can you tell us about uh, 
the effect that it had uh, on morale and on you personally and leading your 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 team or whatever and and your uh, your police officers this is him Ken. he started <laughs> crying ken he started crying please after this go look at it go find it please or i'm going to try to find it i'm going to send it to you he starts crying and how it affected the morale and and that and it was just so hard i i i thought i was i'm like no no this this is a skit anytime i'm going to see i'm going to see the snl skit the the the, the accurate, or this can't be real this can't be real this kind of out of a feminine voice when you started doing that. So this is what's going. It's still going on right now. It's just amazing. And then there was another example. There was someone from Quebec. Okay, um, so he he starts singing, and, he, and so the, the guy is questioning him, and he's asking him, um, "You said this and that." And then all of a sudden, so yes, a representative next to him. I don't know if it was his lawyer or whatever. I'm not sure who it was. Mm-hmm. So basically, the, you you see it in the interview, Ken, that the person basically says. Like, oh, make believe that you misinterpreted because you only speak French. The guy's perfectly bilingual, Ken. He's perfectly bilingual. And then he switches to French. Oh, I, I didn't understand the question. So when that at the poem at the moment when it happened, it was a miscommunication. It's it's so blatant. It's so amazingly in your <laughs> face, like not even an attempt to hide the fakeness not even an attempt to hide the lies it's incredible it's incredible you have to check this out it's academy award winning stuff <laughs> except this is real life this is not acting or theater no this, this, well yeah it, it's I mean, it is a theater but it's real life uh, it, it's just it's it's incredible uh it's really incredible so i'm i'm just uh, i'm just trying to go through um and, and even the, the leaders of the 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 Freedom Convoy, as it was known, uh, Tamara Lynch and Pat King. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see here. Face criminal charges related to their involvement in the protest, including Tamara Lynch and Pat King. Uh, Keith Wilson, a lawyer representing a number of key um, convoy organizers, said before the inquiry that his clients are eager to talk about what is happening and why they were in Ottawa in the first place. So... Imagine they're still threatening criminal charges against the leaders of the Freedom Convoy because they were arrested at the end, right? When the co- the cops came in and the the Emergency Act was mm-hmm. uh, enacted for only the second time in Canadian history, second time for a protest. They call it an occupation for a protest that was held right in front of Parliament, equivalent to your White House, mm-hmm. with. Uh, nothing but love, people from all over Canada and communities sharing f- food and music and dance parties and bouncy castles and hot tubs and, <laughs> and, and cleaning the war monument, cleaning the war monument. Hmm. Okay. And the Terry Fox, everyone knows who Terry Fox is, our beloved Terry Fox um, that went, you know, coast to coast on when he was dying of cancer on literally one leg. Um mm-hmm cleaning the monument because there's a Terry Fox and the, the war memorial right in front of the parliament, mm-hmm. cleaning it and making sure that they were standing guard that no one would deface it because someone had put like a Canadian um, jersey on, on, um, on Terry Fox. And, yeah. they said, and the, all the people that were against it were saying they defaced 
Terry Fox by putting a Canadian jersey on him. <laughs> it's the exaggeration was just incredible. It was just the things you would hear. You you would have to be here. You would have to be here, Ken. It's just uh, <laughs> I think honestly, when when we look back at this, and we, we're we're gonna be so embarrassed as Canadians, so embarrassed that we did this to ourselves, that we allowed to divide ourselves so bad and it came from the top it came when, when when you know the top of the the, the government the government is is as dirty and disgusting and divisive as justin trudeau what it, <laughs> what it did you know and now it's a, it really, literally and i just hope now the only thing i hope is that you know we've seen a lot of things in social media that we were all wrong now we just gotta admit that we were all wrong and just forgive ourselves because the shit that we've said to each other mm-hmm. for, for just deciding think about it ken just wanting the autonomy to decide whether or not i take a vaccine Mm. and they locked us in our homes for years with curfews please forgive us yeah yeah so um yeah so what so what are the chances of justin trudeau like winning another election in the future do you think well, the development since um, now we have another Judas, unfortunately, the leader of the GD, uh, the NDP, uh, New Democratic Party, Jack Meet Singh, uh, decided mm-hmm. to because Justin Trudeau has a minority government. Okay, mm-hmm. so he could have easily uh, they could have easily called for a non-confidence vote when one of the uh, is handling of COVID, for example, and had he lost it, then we would have had to go to the polls. Mm-hmm. So I think that the Conservative Party, uh, led now by new leader Pierre Polivier, I'm sure you've seen him. He is uh, quite a uh, popular and uh, <laughs> uh, loud and uh, just a a common sense thinker. Yeah, uh, I think would 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 definitely defeat him right now, especially in the sentiment of Canada. Unfortunately, what Jack Mead Singh did, that little weasel i'm gonna uh, call him that even though i want to call him <laughs> um that little weasel decided to have a um an agreement with him that he would support him on all bills as long as he got whatever he wanted in return something as ridiculous as uh free dental care for children for all canadians this is this is what what was the most important to uh to jack Mead singh so basically he sold his soul and literally the entire country uh down the river for for nothing so basically he's just a liberal disguised as a new democratic party whatever the hell that is he's completely useless so he's in essence keeping uh the liberals and justin trudeau in in uh in power right now and mm-hmm. agreed that this uh consolidation um that he's going to support him on all his um bills Till the end. Mm. So now, for us to see that the most gracious and beautiful day that Pierre Paulivier and the Conservative Party will finally take out the Liberals, we have to wait for another two years because of the because of the NDP. Mm. So um, who knows, right? What could happen in two years? Unfortunately, a lot of Canadians are really stupid, really stupid, and short short minded, mm. and they'll forget how we've been treated. And some of them will probably say, oh, the government was doing their best and they did it for our own good still. So, I mean, you, you just can't fix stupid. You can't. And I'm disgusted by that. And I can't believe that he even has any remote 
chance of winning another majority government or even another government, even a minority one. <laughs> uh, but unfortunately, there's a lot of stupid Canadians, unfortunately. So explain then, do you think, I don't know. Because we talked about this like off air as well. And I think we briefly talked about it in the beginning. I don't remember anymore. But do you think Justin Trudeau knows what he's doing and he's playing ignorant? Or do you think he's truly ignorant? Or does he think he's truly ignorant in the sense like he genuinely believes what he's doing is the right thing to do? Or do you think he's just a little tyrant? Like he knows exactly what he's doing and he doesn't care anymore? I think he's uh I think he's all that. I think he's a narcissistic <laughs> uh tyrant. Yeah. And I truly believe that he truly believes that he's doing the best for Canadians and that they love him for it. And that his way is the only way. And including the ban on handguns. <laughs> oh, for sure. Absolutely. Oh, are you are you kidding me? Ken, are you, I'm surprised they didn't get rid of guns completely. Uh, what else is there then? We, he, like even who knows? He'd probably say no, no, no guns for <laughs> hunting anymore. Are you, would you, would you, would you think this guy has a limit? He has no limit. He has no shame. Then <laughs> I'm telling the guy, I think there's, there has, I don't know if there's, he's a sociopath. He really is. He's, he's a sociopath, narcissistic, it, it, or he's really good at playing stupid because he will never answer a question. Never, never. He's going to forget. Oh yeah. I kept you locked in for two years. I nearly killed you. I nearly killed all my population. And yet, but what do you want? When you people, you, you put him into power a third time, you voted. Of course he's going to think. It's only going to feed the beast. Mm. And, you know, unfortunately, Canadians were too. This will never fly in Canada. But the, 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 the ban on handguns, I'm not surprised. Because he could literally look at what he got away with during, during COVID. You think now guns, that's nothing. <laughs> that's an afternoon. <laughs> a couple of hours, it's done. Yeah, okay, we'll obey. And that's it. It's finished. Like we always do. So you, I, I, can't, I can't believe how how much not, I'm still angry. I'm still angry because we're feeling the ramifications of COVID and how they handled it today. And mm -hmm. I cannot believe and I can't fathom and I can't accept how not the majority of Canadians are still pissed off what they did to us. I, I can't believe how more people not feel exactly the way I feel. I look, I still get agitated. I, I still <laughs> I, I so angry what he did to us, what he did to our kids, what he did to an entire generation of, and everything's come out and it, and it's, it all came true. It's, we all knew it was going to end up this way, but yet, ah, oh, they tried their best. Hmm. I see. So I guess to wrap things up, like, hmm. do you think there's a chance to turn the tide in Canada as far as the political landscape? Do you have, are you optimistic or you have more of a pessimistic view of the reality as far as I turn, turn the ship? Uh, unfortunately, I, I'm usually I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a pessimistic person. Okay. <laughs> um, but could we go back? Yes. Because, you know, prior to this, this loser, we had a back-to-back -back mandates with uh, Stephen Harper and the conservative government was, mm -hmm. was, uh, eight years of the most amazing eight years in Canadians history. Mm -hmm. He was fantastic prime minister. He was well respected. 
uh, he was uh, he knew economics. He understood what it took. He he you know was he he defended Canada. Um, he looked out for Canadian rights. So I know that we could get back there, but we need to get rid of the liberals because now the liberals that we discuss, I'm not sure, but it, it's not liberal anymore. It's not classic liberal. Now it's become another sort of completely um, Marxist, Marxist uh, virtue signaling. Let's concentrate on certain things and everything else will, you know, like when, when they asked him, what do you think about the, oh, the budget's going to balance itself? Are you fucking kidding me? He did like, the economy, as we're seeing now, is the most, <laughs> the most important thing of any country. You want to be, what do, do you, is he's going to be happy when we're going to become Venezuela? That's what I think. He wants to become Venezuela or Cuba. Oh, or no, China. He, he does, he loves, China. He China. He loves China. He loves China. We know that much. <laughs> we know, we know that much. He said it outright. Yes, it's he so did. We have on camera. <laughs> so much easier to pass laws like the Chinese do when people listen. So much more easy to put things into 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 law and and make your decisions. Force people, yeah. And you coerce people, guys. You think it's made up? It's this is not made up, guys. This is this is the reality of my government right now. And yes, to answer your question, the only hope right now is uh, in two years a conservative comp, uh, a conservative win, or uh, Jack Mead Singh wakes up one morning and says, "I've had enough of this asshole." Uh, <laughs> I won't put my money on that. So. Um, I, I can't believe we're going to be stuck with this. Uh, another two. He's. I mean, he's already finished off the country. We're pretty much. We're dead. <laughs> I don't know how much more damage he could do. I really. It's incredible. Mm. It's incredible. Well, we definitely need more voices like you in Canada, Luigi. And it's actually one of the reasons why I have you on my show because you're you literally spit out information out there and opinions that really maybe Canadians don't hear much because I know for a fact that the media in Canada is pretty much state control at this point, And they're just spewing. There's basically puppets for the government at this point. And so people like yourselves, you're like the breath of fresh air that the Canadian population needs. And I mean, if you wouldn't mind, go ahead and give your plug in again for your show. When you have your show on, uh, as you close things out. (laughs) I appreciate appreciate the kind words, Ken. And I've, uh, I've really enjoyed meeting you and doing several podcasts with you. And I really appreciate that. Uh, so like I said before, uh, you could find the audio version, uh, the podcast version on anywhere, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, iHeartRadio. Now that's new. That's pretty cool. And uh, I do usually my shows live on Thursday evenings on uh, on Facebook at Agree to Disagree Show and on YouTube at YouTube uh, backslash Agree to Disagree Show uh, live on Thursday evenings normally. And uh, my social media is the same thing on Instagram at agree to disagree show and all the information is there when new shows are coming out. So oh, you're still on mute. <laughs> Gotta edit that out for the audio version. Anyways. No worries. <laughs> Anyways, folks, thanks again for tuning into today's show. I really appreciate it. Luigi appreciates uh you tuning in as well. Be- again, be sure to hit the like button, subscribe button. Also give his Instagram and social media platforms to follow and be sure to hit and like the subscribe button on his YouTube channel as well at the agree to disagree show and on Facebook, right? You do you have live stream on Facebook as well? Yep. 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 So please check his show out again. I've been on there and that's where we actually get into the discussion of abortion a little bit. So that was a pretty fun conversation mm-hmm. to have. And, uh, 
folks, you can have different opinions and still respectfully disagree. And that's what this show is all about. So with that said, folks, until next time, y'all have a great blessed day. Bye, everyone. Bye.